welcome to Soberish. You know what I was thinking? This podcast should be called Spiritualish. <laughs> I never talk about addiction or recovery. Anyway, uh, if you're new to the podcast, I suggest that you go back to at least the beginning of this season. Otherwise, this episode will make no sense because I'm just going off the fucking rails with this 5D shit for you. Um, thank you for all the nice messages. Uh, they're very validating. Thank you for telling me I'm not crazy. It's very nice of you. Um, I've gotten a lot of messages from people who say that the 5D stuff has been resonating for them. And so I'm going to give you some information, some 5D information, some stuff from the aliens, some stuff that I'm experiencing, and also some stuff that has been a pretty regular theme for the last couple of weeks in readings that I've done for people. So... Um, let's see, where do we start? Today is the Aquarius full moon, which I thought was going to be cool as fuck. I felt a lot of really cool energy coming into it. And then today has just been mostly disassociating. It's been very difficult to be in my body. I slugged through every reading I did today. I was a mess. And um, sorry for anybody that procured those services today. <laughs> I mean, I think we made it by the end, but there was one reading where I just sat there like, what the fuck does this mean? Um, having a hard time. I'm kind of just flailing in general. I have a million things to get done. I think it's just a little bit too intense right now. Um, speaking of intense, I wanted to talk about symptoms of downloads, the physical symptoms of downloads. And I want to also get into like what a download feels like. I get a lot of messages from people who were like, at one point, I, a month ago, I could do this crazy, awesome thing. I was able to hear these certain things. I was able to control my dreams. I was, I had this gift and now it's gone. Well, it's never gone. The way that a download usually manifests is the day you get the download or the couple days around you getting the download, it usually comes with some big revelation that changes your entire life. And there's a euphoria that comes with that. There's a euphoria that comes with a paradigm shift and you're fully in it. You think you're fully in it. It's actually just some kind of preview of what it'll be like for you afterwards. But then the work comes to like, I think of a download like when your phone like gets an update and then it goes through and it changes all your apps. It changes the way that your apps work. And so it takes a while for that process to happen. And then that's when you hit the roadblocks, right? So you get the download, you're tapped in, you're feeling powerful, you're walking on air, you feel amazing. This is euphoric. And then it's like, all right, now we have to update your entire system. And as the update goes through and the download goes through and starts installing, it bumps up against things like your fear of money, your fear of intimacy, your fear of this, your fear of that, because these, these two things cannot coexist. And this is when the work of clearing the trauma that is interfering with the higher dimensional programming that you are trying to install, if that makes any sense. So... Um, it comes in peaks and valleys. It goes in waves. You will get whatever power or ability you felt in that preview. Um, an example of this, if you listen to Mormon and the meth head, 
Aaron had like an ego revelation where he realized that his ego was not him in January. And it was just euphoria for like a few weeks. He was just like, saw everything for what it was, was able to determine what voice is what. And then he like went, what I would call go back to sleep, goes back to sleep, which is where now you have to apply this from a different angle. And so you'll get... Your biggest trigger will show up and fuck with you. You'll get things thrown at you. You kind of go back to sleep and have to do the work from within. And so that's one thing to keep in mind. If you do get an ability at some point or a power, you feel tapped in at a deeper level, and then it seems to go away, it's probably just working its way through your system. Especially if you're feeling like despair and hopelessness afterwards, that just means that it's bumped into some serious programming. The next thing I wanted to talk about was physical symptoms of ascension. I've been kind of getting away from that word, but it is a great word for this. So you're updating your system. You're kind of climbing up into higher levels of consciousness, greater connection to other people. It does something to your body. It's like a lot more energy and a completely different frequency coming into your body. And there are some physical symptoms with that, one of which is called ascension flu. Ascension flu feels like, for me, it feels like the first day of a cold, like when the cold is ramping up, you know, so your body is slightly aching, slightly feels like it's going to be feverish. Your throat hurts a little bit. Your head hurts. And then you you expect you go to bed that night and you expect the next day to wake up fucked, right? But then you wake up just at that same level and then that sticks around and kind of goes in and out for like a week or, or a few days. That's ascension flu. It's your body just trying to sync up to the frequency. I don't know. I don't really understand the the science of it. Uh, I'm hesitant to use that word. But... It's something I've experienced a million times. It's very common. Something I'm experiencing a lot right now is um, my crown chakra being too open. And I don't usually throw around chakra words that much, but it's becoming something that is uh, becoming a part of my daily language because my chakra body seems to almost becoming becoming more relevant than my physical body. So I was watching one of my favorite tarot readers on YouTube, and she said something about people's chakras being too open, which is not usually a problem. And your crown chakra is where you're getting that download. So it's like an energy... Um, Chakras, if you know anything about chakras, you should probably look into it. If this stuff resonates with you, it's probably good to know about your chakras. So your chakras are like energy centers on your body, and they all rule different things. Your throat chakra is what rules communication. Your third eye chakra is what rules like uh, discernment, your ability to see in other worlds, blah, blah, blah. Crown chakra is where you are getting these downloads. And so if you're getting a lot of this information, your perception of the world is changing rapidly, uh, you're starting to tune into things. If you feel the top of your head, it's probably hot. Like the spot on the back, like where a crown would go. If you feel it, it's probably hotter than like the front of the top of your head. And if it is overwhelmed, that feels like pressure, headaches, migraines. Been getting a lot of people who say they never get migraines or suddenly getting migraines like crazy. It makes my eyes feel like I am being poisoned is what it felt like last week. 
when she said that on that video, she said, cover the top of your head to make it stop, like to take a break. And that night I slept with a pillow on top of my head and it was heaven, not over my face, over the top, like the top of my head. I just propped up a pillow. So it was blocking it. And it was amazing. I recognize that that sounds insane, but just trust me. And during the day right now with all the readings and the downloads and the starting to get into like uh, telepathy with a bigger group of people, I just put my hand or like a sweater over top of my head a couple times a day. And it's amazing. This is not anything I've ever had to do before. This is not even anything I've ever had to think about before. For years, we've been trying to open the crown chakra. We've been trying to activate the crown chakra. And now now I need to take a break from it. One thing to note, I can't believe how fucking balls out this podcast is now. One thing to note is um, if you... Actually, I don't know if this will happen for other people. Let me know if you try this and this happens to you. But... I did the night I covered up my crown chakra. When I woke up the next morning, I was kind of in a 3D like fear-based loop where I had like like shut down the download, you know? So then I had to wake up and deal with bullshit. You know, I woke up codependent and I'm like, motherfuck. So I guess there is a shadow side of shutting down the download. I don't need a picture. I feel like you want to take a picture, Brian. I don't need a picture. Look, I can hear you. I can hear your thoughts. Are you thinking about taking a picture? (laughs) We don't need this documented. There's nothing about this that we need. They know what I look like. All right. A couple other things I wanted to talk about were connections. I have mentioned Twin Flames on a couple of podcasts, and I've gotten a lot of people calling for readings, and it's come up quite a bit. And I kind of wanted to get into it a little bit. The idea of Twin Flame soulmates is obviously something that I've been researching and the idea is intriguing to me and it's something that I have thought a lot about and I um, got a lot of messages in February on the subject and the point of it and the point of it is to the twin flame experience is like super romanticized on the internet and I don't resonate with any of that I don't think it is a romantic thing. It's, it feels romantic. I understand that it feels romantic and trust me, I've gotten caught up in that, but it is about waking up. It is about ascending. It is about, according to the aliens, it is about transmuting, which is a word from alchemy that talks about taking lead and turning it into gold. It is about transmuting 3D fear-based love and transmuting it into 5D unconditional love. And we can't really conceive true 5D perceive. Listen, I am fucked up by this eclipse right now. This is not going to be good. We can't really imagine what 5D love is, like true 5D love is, we're not there yet because we have been programmed and trained that love is jealousy, it's possessiveness, it's fear, it's attachment, it's not being able to let go, it's not being able to let somebody flow and live their own life and we're holding on too tight or not tight enough. Like it's all this mess, right? And it's all built in trauma and it's all you know, religious shit and monogamy. It's all this programming. And therefore we can't connect. Like we can't connect. When I talk about like 5D that I don't even understand yet, but when I, when I'm told that 5D is like, I will be able to reach into Brian and access his talents 
I don't know, like complaining. And then, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Brian's very talented. He made the theme song. Um, reach into Brian and and access parts of him and borrow and, and exchange energy with him. There are a lot of things stopping Brian and I from existing like that. We have fears of intimacy. We have trust issues. We have codependency. We have all these things that would energetically block us from being able to experience that. And there are no jump cuts in reality. We don't go from people who are afraid and attach incorrectly to people who can just connect as one consciousness and exchange energy. There is a a transmutation that has to take place. There is a metamorphosis that has to take place. And that metamorphosis has to start at balls out, max out attachment issues and then be turned into unconditional love. And the only way to do that is to start at the difficult place, start at triggered as fuck, codependent and afraid of intimacy as fuck and take turns triggering each other and then split apart and and in the splitting apart, learn to love yourself, learn to let go, learn to let somebody move on, learn to let somebody close. Like all of this stuff is the point of these connections. And um, I've had people message me and ask me like, is this my twin flame? I can't tell you that. I can tell you that you would know. You would just know. Um, you can't you can't not know. I, it's it's hard to know because it's a, there's a real thin line between twin flame and fuck boy. And I understand that because if you try to run some of these things, you try to run this dynamic past your friends, they are not going to want to hear about it. And I think the way to tell if you are in a toxic relationship versus a twin flame dynamic is... Have you grown? Have you changed as a person? The relationship can feel chaotic and difficult, and I'm going to try to explain my understanding of what a twin is. And uh, there are a lot of people that say it's two halves of of one soul. I don't believe that to be true. You are one whole person yourself. And a big part of a twin flame coming into your life is for you to find that. Um, They will have qualities that are very much like yours, and then they'll have a lot of opposite qualities. And you'll be very attracted to those qualities. And what will happen in probably the inevitable breakup is that you will realize that you are attracted to those qualities because you possess those qualities. And you'll find yourself as you heal being able to operate in your, you know, they're probably like repressed qualities. Like I was very attracted to my twin because he was very in touch with his emotions. And then through this process, like I got in touch with my emotions. Right. And there were qualities of mine that he liked. And like those qualities are becoming activated in him. And we're, you know, we're not together. Other descriptions I've heard of twins are when the big bang happened, which was just like us splitting up into a million pieces. The original splitting involved a bunch of eggs, and those eggs had a perfectly balanced masculine half and a feminine half, and then those eggs split. And so you have just one person on the planet that has your exact energetic blueprint. And um, one thing everybody agrees on is that this person probably hasn't been on Earth 
with you at the same time before. Most likely one of you has been incarnated, one not incarnated, because it is very volatile, especially if we had met earlier in the karmic cycle where we were less evolved. And so that resonates with me. Um, There's a difference between a soulmate and a twin flame. So soulmates, if you believe in this, I'm going to stop saying that. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope to fuck. Uh, Soulmates and like soul families and... um, Ryan got into this a little bit last week, Journey of the Souls, is like you, there's a posse, like there's a group that you have traveled through lifetime, through lifetime, through lifetime with. And there are some people that you have like negative karma with, like they fucked you over in several lifetimes and now uh, you can just like meet them and something boils inside of you that's like disproportionate to whatever it is that they've done. And that's because although you don't mentally remember your past lives, like there's a part of you that remembers that history. I'm trying to get a past life expert in here to talk about past lives. I'll probably talk about it a little bit later because it is something that's also coming up in readings. But the theory that I heard, and it's a video that I've shared in one of the groups, is that these eggs are your perfect energetic blueprint. But then when you split up, there's like a mixed match of the masculine and feminine energies. And when you come back together in this lifetime, the point of this is to transmute love, the old love paradigms. It's also to balance your own masculine and feminine energy. And when you come together, you will trigger the fuck out of each other because this is your mirror. So you ever like... This is hack at this point, but, you know, like five years ago, people started to figure out that the qualities that you don't like in other people are typically because they're your qualities. Like that person is mirroring things back to you. Well, that person is mirroring things back to you because they are energetically a somewhat similar blueprint. Like you have the same baggage, you have the same whatever. Well, your your twin being the same energetic blueprint as you, being the closest to your exact frequency, is the exact mirror of you. And your twin can see you for exactly what you are, and you can see them for exactly who they are, and the things that you lie to yourself about, they can see, and vice versa. And so it you can't be fake. You can't put on the mask. You can't do any of these things that work with other people because this person can hear you and see you for exactly what you are. And that is extremely triggering. There's also usually a perfect yin and yang of trauma. So you, you get the codependent with the fear of intimacy because they will max each other's systems out. And that gives you the opportunity to wake up to who you actually are, heal those wounds and move on. Um, all the while it feels romantic for at least one of them. It feels romantic. Like they can't articulate the pool and it's the trying to be together, trying to be apart. Fucking none of it works. When twins get too triggered, they repel each other. Repelling each other feels like one is running and one is chasing, but that's because they're repelling. So when one needs distance and the other one is, um, chasing them, there is, uh, you know, like when they're when they're repelling each other and one tries to approach, it's like magnets, you know, the other one's going to go away. Anyway, these are things runner chaser dynamic. Like if you look on the Internet, Twin Flames, there's a ton of stuff right now. It's a it's a popular subject. If you're not in one of these, sorry to talk about it. It just feels um relevant to talk about and something that has come up for me a lot and a description that the aliens gave me for this is that the twin thing is not as special as it feels when you're in it and when I was in it like in it it was like this is everything this is so important and that was just like the part of me that was trying to wake up it needed to activate my codependency as much as possible and so that I could kind of wake up to it 
But there are other things. This person feels like they're you. Uh, there's a telepathic connection. You're in each other's dreams. You can, like, hear each other's thought. It's weird. But um, there was kind of a few different messages that I got about, like, if we're in this big ball of light. And I, I've shared a video of a tadpole embryo splitting up into a bunch of different, you know how like the cell division in an embryo. And that's the perfect description of like how we split up from one big consciousness to a, a, a million little sparks, right? And what we're doing right now is we're trying to go back into that one consciousness. Well, I think we had a location, if you will, like a frequency location in that ball of light. And when we split up, First, we split up into four, then we split up into eight, then we split up into 16. You know, there was a, a similar cell division thing happening. And that there are just, as we became a million little selves, there are selves that were closest to us, you know, and that's what the soul family is. That's people who are close in your frequency. Because there are people I've met and I can't even connect in any way, shape, or form. I'm like, this is not one of my people. That We're all the same, right? But somebody from the other side of the ball of light and I, we're not going to resonate the same as somebody who's three, three over, you know? And the person who's right next to me, who's immediately next to me, that's going to be a very powerful, insane connection, but probably too intense, like too much of a mirror to not get triggered every time we're around each other, at least why there's things that need to be healed. But then a lot of people that have come into my life in the last couple of months, it has felt like a reunion. So 20 people at this point have come into my life who feel like at the end of... um Game of Thrones. I love I'm using Game of Thrones references and I watched it just this season. But the episodes where it was like everyone from all the seasons who hasn't been murdered come together in the one place, Winterfell or whatever the fuck. And um, it kind of has this reunion vibe. Like this is the vibe that my life has really had for the last couple of months where all the other people who were very close to me as the tadpole cells uh, split up have started to come back into my life. And I feel like, oh, I have my tribe. Like I have this group of people who I've traveled through a million lifetimes with, who I was very close in consciousness with. And what this feels like is the next level. Like I spent a year and a half just trying to figure out how to connect with this one person who was closest to me in the big ball of light. And then now I'm, I'm learning how to connect to the people that are three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10. And eventually we will all do this with each other. But right now what a lot of people are experiencing is finding their individual tribes, which is interesting because this was the exact language that uh, the aliens used back in 2000, which was the, there was a particular group of people. And it's not because we are all different, but it's like you can't just smash. There are no jump cuts. So you cannot just smash consciousness back into one thing. We have to slowly work our way back together. And it's, it's not easy because we've lived thousands of years now believing ourselves to be separate consciousnesses. And now we have to learn how to remerge. And we have all this garbage and karma and and shit to clean up so that we can get close to each other. So if you are in one of these dynamics, and I only wanted to talk about this because um, I've received a lot of messages from people. I had people who are like, I love my husband so much. Is he my twin? Like whatever. And I feel like I put 
it, it, it's hard not to make it sound like it's something super important. It is important, but it's not your soulmate. Your soulmate is someone that tons of twins are together. Tons of twins who figured it out, stay together. But it's like not about that. It's about working through your trauma, uh, harmonizing, and potentially working together on something. But ultimately, it's your greatest mirror. Your greatest mirror shows up so that you can heal your trauma and ascend. And that's it. Uh, Soulmates, on the other hand, like the person who's a few out from there, you can have like a symbiotic relationship with, you know, you can really connect to, they feel close to you, you, you're able to kind of tap into these things, but they're not a balls out trigger for you. That said, uh, why not get balls out triggered if possible? Because we're trying to get some shit done. We're trying to transmute. And uh, the work of transmuting old paradigms of love to new paradigms of love is kind of a peaks and valleys thing. I think... Working on your intimacy issues, working on your codependency issues, working on your trust issues, learning to let people in, learning to share. Like for me, something I, I figured out recently is that if I say anything even the slightest bit vulnerable, I immediately feel like I'm being mocked. And I'm like not being mocked, but it's hard for the person who I'm being vulnerable with to react correctly because I already feel like I'm being mocked. Like just floating something the slightest bit vulnerable already puts that feeling on me, that shame, that guilt. And so I'm working through that and I'm working through that in a way that helps everybody. And that's another thing that might help you through if you're kind of on a journey like this. Like uh, those of us that are working on our love stuff, our attachment stuff, that is for the collective. And every person that figures it out helps the next person that has to figure it out because it kind of comes to a critical mass where everybody wakes up out of it quicker and easier. I just wanted to say for people who are in that difficult twin energy, it's okay to let go. It's okay to let go. It's okay to move on. I know that it can feel like, but this is so important and I'm never going to have a connection like this again, blah, blah, blah. Uh, There's a lot of work and a lot of healing that can be done separate. And if you feel like you want to let go and you want to move on, you feel like that's in your best interest, I can't recommend it enough. I have seen great, great strides in a few months of letting go. For those of you that want to stay together and are struggling with the difficulty staying in harmony in the relationship, I recommend downloading the book Attached. The book Whole Again, Healing Your Relationship Trauma, Working on Your Codependency, Working on Your Fears of Intimacy, because those things will not. 3D, if you're trying to stay together with someone that you have this kind of connection with, 3D love paradigms will not work. Like you are going to be triggered every moment that you don't heal those wounds. Next, I wanted to talk about the thing that the aliens talked about, the different like teams that were going out. They said... Arsenal first would come tear down the old world. And the arsenal is, you know, like the SJWs or the people that like tear down the old systems. And then the next were the image setters. And the image setters have something within them that helps the collective. And there's a lot of mental blocks happening for people where there is something stirring inside of them that's telling them, okay, it's time to move forward with this thing. 
um, this passion. It's like I uh, one person was a therapist and was like starting to be passionate about using psychedelics and therapy and stuff. And um, you're being given these kind of stirrings for a reason. And that's because you have keys to people. This is all just a matter of us having keys to each other. If you're in a, a twin flame dynamic or a very triggering soulmate dynamic, like y'all have keys to each other. You're opening each other up. If you uh, feel a stirring to start a podcast or a YouTube channel or do readings or become a certain kind of healer or make a certain kind of art, like those are keys that you have for other people. And I the way I see it is kind of like a commitment that we made before we came into the game that when it's time to switch, like I'll wake you, 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 you up, you get me, you get this person, like blah, blah, blah. So these things are like rising up in you. And then if you have programming that is uh, a few different kinds of pro programming will block this. Number one is religious programming, especially Catholicism. For some reason, a lot of people get this block with Catholicism, I've learned. And that is because Catholicism really hammers home this idea that everything has to be difficult and that guilt is a big one that'll shut you down. So we're trained to believe that you can either have what makes you passionate or money, like that you can't have both of these things. And so a lot of people are like, well, I have to keep this job, but then they'll find themselves getting very discontent. And that's because your destiny is kind of burning inside of you. Like, okay, it's time for you to, it's kind of like getting activated. I've been calling it getting your mission papers, which is funny for you ex-Mormons, but you are becoming activated. There is an, there's an activation happening within you. It's time for you to move forward and bring your peace to the collective. We are trying to create a new world. And um, all of this, I can't tell you any of this, like all of this is stirring within you. All of this requires to, you to trust yourself and to trust your voices in your head and, and move forward with what resonates for you. If you refuse that, as a result of some of this older programming, you're going to become increasingly more anxious, dissatisfied, insomnia. It's just because you're coming out of balance. Like you're going to come very far out of balance because you're like trying to move forward on a path that is, you know, at one vibration and you are supposed to be operating at a higher one. And so it'll just feel really out of sync and it'll feel out of sync for a longer stretch of time than a couple of days, because there's lots of out of sync days right now with everything that's happening. So be on the lookout for that. The other thing is money. And I wanted to get a little bit further into the money stuff because I've had people ask questions about that as well. I guess everything I'm talking about tonight is stuff that people have asked me about. So if it doesn't resonate with you, I feel really self-conscious talking about the twin stuff. Um, if it doesn't resonate with you, no big deal. Skip forward to something that does. Maybe this episode's not for you. But I'm going to try to break down the money stuff a little bit. Money is really changing because money is a construct, right? Money is a construct. It's something that we believe. It's something we have been indoctrinated as fuck to believe in. You have been systematically programmed your entire life to fear money and to try to survive. Survival is inevitable, but it is brilliant to convince people that that is the entire point of the game. That said, it is a quickly crumbling construct. And although that isn't completely evident, 
Trust me, it's a crumbling, it's a construct. It's a construct that if, if capitalism is around in five years, I will be surprised. But it's a very easily hackable thing right now. There have been, the more people that like hack a system, the less it matters. So just think about people who went after gender and how fluid gender became as a result of people hacking that program, okay? So um, a lot of people have been hacking money. A lot of people figured out years ago how to manifest money and how stupid it is. And as a result, it's something that's relatively easy for you to now get on and hack. On top of that, if you are doing the thing that you are bringing to the collective, it's a million times easier because you're being supported. The analogy that I use for this is I don't like other people's kids. Like other, I don't want to hang out with other people's kids. I don't have any desire to be a teacher or anything like that. It doesn't do anything for me. It stresses me out. Uh, that said, there are people who that makes their heart sing. That's something that they're passionate about. Now, if I'm in a collective with that person, I want that person to be taken care of. I want them to take care of my kids when I can't, and I want them to be taken care of for that. Now, in the capitalism model is something completely gross and separate where we just like give money to the elite and, and don't take care of the teachers. But in a sharing, like a true um, symbiotic collective where everybody brings something to the table and then we're all just taken care of, I want that person to do that. The person who resonates with taking care of children would not resonate with what I do. They're like, well, I would prefer not to sit in the, you know, I'm like tapping into people's trauma all day. You know, by the end of the day, I'm like, uh, nauseous and dizzy and everything else. Like I'm, I am tapping into people's energy. This is not appealing to a lot of people. There are a lot of people that would not want to do this. So they would want me to be supported in that. And that's kind of exactly what it is. Whatever that piece of the puzzle that you have, you have that. It's part of the collective. It's part of the new world. You bringing it forward, you're going to be taken care of. And I'll explain how to make that happen for you. There is a timeline where everything exists. So let's say um, your guides, you start to tune into your guides, you start to tune into your passion, and it's Reiki. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know how to start a Reiki business. Well, don't start a Reiki business from the capitalism perspective. Go after the Reiki. Get attuned to the Reiki. Make Reiki your passion. Spend a lot of time thinking about Reiki, like master your craft, and then intend for the customers to come along, you know, and follow your intuition. And your intuition will tell you where to find those people. Don't get greedy. Don't make things unattainable. Um, listen when your guides tell you, you know, there are times when my guides are like, this is the aliens are like, this is someone you need to help. This is someone you need to do this, you know, and then just follow your intuition and you will just be led into it. For people who have nonprofit ideas, there's money everywhere for that shit. And the only reason you don't have it is because you haven't looked for it. Just get on Google. There's everything on Google because everything exists. So how do I make money running this specific kind of charity? How do I start this charity? Just get up and start doing it and write a story for where your money comes from. Put it on the cups. Put on the cups that I want to start this Reiki business and I want to be making this much money. And then pay attention to the voice that shows up after I say that to you. Because the voice that I that shows up after I say that to you is the voice that needs to be addressed. Because you will probably have thoughts about, yeah, that sounds really easy, but, or I could never make that much money, or, you know, there's just, 
there's your programming that shows up because money doesn't exist. It's not real. Yeah, tell that to my mortgage. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to those voices. Address those voices. Ask yourself where those voices came from. Were your parents poverty mentality? And that doesn't mean did they have money, not have money. Did they talk about money like it was a limiting concept? Did they tell you they couldn't afford things? Were they someone constantly talking about the electric bill? Because you get these ideas that money is the super difficult thing when in fact it's just the most made up part of this game. And you can just sync up to it. And then it comes in a flow, just so you know. My experience with prosperity is that there's not ever a lot of it in the bank. But when I need it, it shows up. And I used to freak out, right? I used to freak out. And now I just know it shows up. And it gets ridiculous sometimes. It'll show up at the last minute. That doesn't mean I'm not working. That doesn't mean that I'm not constantly moving and figuring out ways to make it. I'm just not afraid of it. And I allow it to come to me. And there's a flow there. Love and money are actually energetically very connected. It's interesting. Where if you have a blockage in one, the way you experience the blockage is very similar. And I didn't articulate that well at all. But put something on the cups and then watch how much importance you want to attach to it and how difficult you want to convince yourself that it is when in fact there are, what are the difference between the people who just start their own business and don't have to work for anybody and just always land on their feet this is something i figured out when i was on drugs and the rich kids just had a different baseline than those of us that grew up poor they just landed at a different spot they always had apartments they always had cars the rest of us could end up homeless sleeping on a bunch uh, bus bench, but these kids never did. And they never did because they, it's not in their programming. They expect to have their needs met. And that's the only difference. So raise that bar a little bit. Also, it's connected to your self-worth. So another question I've been asking people is if you go to the store and there's something you want and it's $100 and it makes your heart sing, it's exactly the thing that you want. But right next to it is a $50 version that's not as cool and you don't like it as much. Which one will you buy? If you're going to say the $50 one, I want you to ask yourself why. Why would you buy the $50 one? Either because of too much importance on money, a fear of money, a belief in lack, or low self-esteem. Believing that you're not worth it. Low self-worth, rather. So these are things to think about. These are programmings uh, within you. There's a fear of money. There's an expectation that things are supposed to be difficult. These are all programs. Pay attention to these voices in your head. When I tell you that you can do whatever makes your heart sing and make as much money as you make at your corporate job that you hate, what voice pops up in your head? What is it saying? Write that shit down. Figure it out. Is it mom's voice? Is it dad's voice? Is it society's voice? Is it that you don't believe that you're worth it? Is it, don't, is it that you don't believe that you can, that you're not capable? Do you believe yourself to be lazy? If you believe yourself to be lazy, it's probably just because you don't know where to start. So ask yourself, where would I start? If I had no choice, if tomorrow I had to start a business, there were no jobs anywhere, and the only way to survive is to start a business and start a business about something that I'm passionate about. How will I do this? And then move forward on it. I'm not saying quit your jobs, just so that's clear. Um, but start your passion. Go after your passion. If you're passionate about a healing art, get an education. Start following that. Start working on that and work towards it knowing that you can have that. Like reach your hand out and have it doesn't just mean put it on a vision board. It means make it happen, work towards it, but know that there is a timeline where all of these things exist. You can have all of these things. There's nothing stopping you. Literally, there's nothing stopping you. Also, the passion energy is connected to the emotional energy. So for those of you that are like 
trudging through emotional pain and trauma from the past. This is all part of it. You tap into this 5D, like 5D is the water energy, right? Where we all just connect. So if you're someone who's been disconnected from your feelings, um, tomorrow on Mormon and the Meth Head, you hear the dam really break for me where I finally can go back to all, it's all, it's a really sad episode, but you can go back to all of my memories of stories that I told that are funny, like, oh, I accidentally, you know, I blew the Red Sox, but it was so funny and cool. And then I retell this story with the ability to feel my feelings, which is a new superpower that I have as a result of all of this trauma and twin stuff, actually. And now I can feel my feelings and I am, it's a sad story, but I never, I could never experience it as a sad story because I couldn't feel my feelings because I had this protective self that was just creating narratives where I, I wasn't hurt, where I wasn't injured because nobody could hurt me because I'd already been hurt and I was like locking all those feelings away. But now that I've tapped into that, I have tapped into other people and the collective and the higher consciousness in a way that I wasn't capable of before. I was pretty good at 4D, but 4D ain't shit compared to this. But you have to get through that emotional work. And healing 5D versus 4D is this. 4D healing was like, I understand why this has had to happen. I understand that things happen in my best interest. I forgive the person. I see where they were coming from. People have it a lot worse than me, blah, blah, blah. It's a very mental space, a very air energy way of healing your pain. 5D healing is like, wow, that really hurt. That was really difficult. And kind of just honoring your pain and allowing that pain to exist and allowing yourself to experience the pain if it's childhood stuff. And this is with good parents, even with good parents, especially with good parents, because we're kind of scraping the bottom of the trauma barrel right now. If you were a four-year-old who made a piece of art for your dad. Sorry for people who get readings from me and have heard all these metaphors. But if you were a four-year-old who got made a piece of art and you ran up and showed your dad and your dad was busy on the phone and he shushed you away. Now, adult you would say, I understand that. My dad was just busy. But four-year-old you would just feel the rejection and being unwanted. And that's the wounds that we're trying to get to now. Like those are the wounds that we want to get to. A visualization that I recommend for that is imagine adult you going in and scooping little you up and just kind of like looking at the art and taking you out of the room. If there were like actually legitimately big traumatic things that happened in your life, if you have had an ex-relationship and you got really hurt in that relationship and you had to kind of compartmentalize to heal from it. It's time to go back and address those wounds. We got to let all that water energy flow because what most of us are operating in is hiding from our, our feelings or getting flooded by our feelings. And we don't have a balance of that that water energy. And so that's really what you want to get into balancing the emotions and allowing the water to just be, to let it to rise. And because it is really the way that we experience this connection in the 5D. So there's a lot of that trying to happen. That's the point of clearing that trauma. As we scrape the bottom of the barrel, there's starting to be some past life stuff. And I don't think I have time to get into it in the episode, this episode. Those of you who have ever heard me talk about past lives in the past, I feel like we don't remember them for a reason. And so I've always just kind of dismissed the idea. I do know how to do past life 
regression hypnosis. And I just feel like if we were supposed to remember them, we would remember them. But as we finish out this trauma clearing, I now we're starting to dip into past life karma. And I guess I'm just going to get a message together for you about that. But you might have some people in your life where you're having kind of loops or experiences with them that don't really make sense, that your feelings are disproportionate to the experiences, and that's probably past life stuff. And I will maybe start doing, I'm going to start doing YouTube tarot. So that way people who don't have money for a reading, I want to make sure that everyone has access to reading. So you can do like a pick a card reading or whatever. I mean, fuck it. I'm out of the closet. Might as well go balls to the wall. So I'm going to start doing that soon and maybe I'll do some past lives ones for that. I wanted to get a little bit further into talking to your guides um, because I've also gotten a lot of feedback from people that are trying to tap into their guides. So there's something you can do called automatic writing where, and this is something that I use to get kind of channeled deeper conversations with them. So you can sit down with a piece of paper uh, and a pen and just have a conversation with them. And so you ask, you know, what is your name? Where are you from? Just a warning, just a heads up. They are usually something weird. They're like Archangel Michael or Zoltar from the Ashtar Command or something. It's weird shit. I never asked mine's name as I already know they're aliens. I don't need to get any further into it than that. But you can learn to like communicate with them and kind of sharpen that. And you'll just write down what they say. And sometimes you physically won't be able to read it. Sometimes you won't understand what it means. But you're kind of just like developing that relationship. Write it fast. Don't think about what you're writing. Don't judge yourself about it. Also, listening to your guides is like trusting, trusting your experience, trusting what they say, trusting your feelings. And this is the reason that we have to clear so much of our prejudices and our trauma and everything else, because your impression of a situation, if you are still someone who believes that you are better than other people or that um, in right, you have like a strong right or wrong, you know, back when there were like big pieces of society that believed that homosexuality, homosexuality was wrong. Like that, a person who has that prejudice, like who has that belief, um, obviously, number one, isn't connected to source. But number two, they are not going to have an accurate ability to read a situation because their prejudice is going to talk louder than their discernment is going to talk. So as we shed this stuff, we shed our trauma, we connect, we shed our prejudices, we shed these preconceived notions about who we are and who other people are, and we get out of ego and we start to listen to these voices, you get better and better and better at listening to the voice that is your guides, that is your higher self. Ultimately, your guides are you, but in a way that we are all each other in higher dimensions. Um, so automatic writing is a great way to talk to them. Ask them for advice on your life. Ask them what the point of stuff is. Like you have access to them. Everyone has them. It's just ultimately about trusting yourself, which is a lot of what right now is about. A lot of people are starting to have dreams, realizing what they were in past lives. Um, obviously, if any of this stuff doesn't resonate with you, why are you listening to this podcast? But if any of this stuff doesn't resonate with you, don't try to make any of it happen. Don't try to see it in places that it's not. You'll almost block it that way. The point of telling you this stuff is so that you have some validation for experiences that you're already having. If it doesn't resonate, leave it. It'll come back around. It'll come back around at some point. It'll resonate later. It's very important that you don't try to be anything or force anything. I'm just pointing out things that 
people are experiencing and maybe haven't been given a word for or a language for. All right, I'm having trouble filling time, so I guess I can talk about some of the things that are happening happening astrologically, if you're into that sort of thing. Today is the Aquarius full moon. Today is Thursday, the 15th. Uh, this episode isn't coming out until Monday. But this is the Aquarius full moon. It is somehow connected. I'm not that good at astrology stuff. I try to keep up. It is somehow connected to the uh, new moon in Aquarius in February. Feel free to correct me, astrologer friends. But for me, this definitely resonates. Things that were happening like mid-February are happening now. What's very interesting is a lot of the 5D stuff that's happening right now was discussed by the aliens with me in that channeling uh, during the February new moon. And another cycle that is winding down or winding up, I don't know, in on April 10th, Jupiter went retrograde and we went into this kind of review and kind of sorting through old stuff. This is when a lot of this like sorting through ch- bottom of the barrel, childhood trauma, intimacy stuff, um, attachment stuff was really starting to take place. A lot of things ended. A lot of cycles ended between April and now. Jupiter is now going direct. Uranus went retrograde. haha. And this next, I think, six months or something or five months is going to be a lot of sudden changes. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be good. I think we're kind of in this like Leo big dick energy right now is anything's going to feel better after what we went through in the cancer season, which was July. That was so much water. We were drowning. Right now we're in fire energy. We're all feeling a lot better. We're feeling ourselves. We're working through this upgrade. And then I think in Virgo, because Virgo is the perfectionist, it's an earth energy. So we're kind of going to ground and we're really going to kind of put these uh, 5D things where they belong. Um, I don't want to manifest this. So I was tempted not to bring it up, but it just got, uh, they just brought it up. Um, There is, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know if it's reptilians. I don't know if it's parasites. I don't know if it's an Anaki or whatever, but there are, there is an energy that doesn't want everyone to wake up. There is an energy that benefits from the amount of people who are asleep. So just be careful with Things that are trying to make you feel afraid. Things that are trying to make you feel hopeless. I'm not saying it's okay that these awful things happen, but when you feel triggered and you feel afraid, like don't sink into the hopelessness. Find a way to be a part of the solution. If there's a horrible shooting rather than just bitching about the shooting or whatever, like help. Help the victims. Do something. Get up and do something positive. Don't don't just drown in the problem. There's a potential. There's a possibility. Several people who read energies um, and who felt 9-11 coming felt they're feeling doom again. And so I just wanted to put that out there, that it's not outside the realm of possibility that there could be an attempt to get everybody to feel like a real strong loss or powerlessness. Uh, the Epstein thing was like Epstein, where the fuck, uh, was a huge example of, you know, everybody lamenting over how powerful the elite is. It's like, I mean, they don't have to be, right? So like, I am hopeful that as people wake up and there's kind of a a critical mass of people who wake up and then 
integrate and figure out how to use all of these things that are happening to them, we will collectively be able to just take these parasites off of their thrones. But I just want to put that out there and I fucking hope that I'm not creating more fear because there's nothing to be afraid of by even mentioning that. But I feel like if it is a thing, I want to get in front of it. So if there are things that make you sad and feel hopeless about the way that this society exists, take that feeling and put it into something positive. This is a great example of something to do when you feel stressed about money. If you're feeling stressed about money or debt, figure out how to use that anxiety and figure out how to make more money. Push it towards the solution. Don't wallow in the problem, right? Okay, so energetically, that's the thing. If you don't, uh, if you're feeling overwhelmed with the immigration stuff is horrible, right? How how can you be part of the solution? Imagine if all of the people speaking so hopelessly on Twitter were like Googling solutions. And I'm not saying that people aren't because they are. But this is actually a great way to feel better when you feel that hopelessness and you feel that coming over. Like be a part of the solution because you are energetically changing things when you were energetically focused on the solution to problems, not just the problem. So we hit a brick wall with the gun thing. We talk about gun reform, but we hit this brick wall. So like, what else can we do? Can we help the families? Can we help uh, mental health stuff? Like what? I don't have a solution to that right now. I haven't thought about it, but something like this, like where can I direct my energy? And this is another thing with money or love or anything in your life that, that brings you out of balance and makes you feel bad. What's the solution and can I focus on it? And is there work that I can do towards it? So if you're in a relationship and it's it's back and forth and it's difficult, like what can you do to heal your wounds? Like what can you do to heal yourself so that you feel whole inside or outside of a relationship so this isn't so triggering for you? Um, if you are having health issues, what can you do to be part of the solution? And what can you do? Because it just, it will immediately make you feel better to be working towards a solution. And it's really easy to kind of slide into this um, despair because there's just a lot of horrible shit. And I'm not saying that there's not a lot of horrible shit, but as you become more powerful and more connected to the to the collective, you, I don't want to say owe it, but like you, you're powerful. You're becoming more powerful. Your influence energetically and your thoughts are becoming more powerful. So make sure that you are directing them in the in the direction of the thing that you want and not the thing that you don't want. So when I talk about doing the cups, when it's like you want to put on the old cup, I want to that I'm currently in debt. And then in the new cup, you don't want to put no longer in debt. Don't take the thing that you don't want to the new cup, say financially free. It's kind of the same idea. If something happens to purposefully make you feel afraid. Keep that in mind. And I'm not talking about conspiracies because I don't give a fuck about that, but I'm talking about there is an energy that wants to keep you in the fear-based reality. You've been there for a long time. There are energies that benefit from you being there and those energies do not want you to go anywhere. I never want to get into the actual specifics of the 3D stuff because I feel like I can get pulled into uh, a, a really sticky situation with that. But just energetically pay attention to where you're putting your energy. Take that much energy and put it into the solution. There is some type of a solution, and I'm not talking about toxic positivity. I'm not talking about not feeling your feelings. I'm just talking about not getting lost in the hopelessness of it all. If you want to get a reading, go to jessareed.com, schedule your reading. You can do a half an hour or an hour. Uh, depends on how in-depth you want to get. 
Don't forget to listen to my other podcast, Borman and the Meth Head, Start at the Beginning. You can find me at Jessa Reed Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. You can find this podcast that I should just give the password to Brian so that something actually gets posted on there at Soberish Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Facebook group. It's Soberish Podcast. When you apply to get into that group, you have to say how you know about this podcast because I'm not just letting half sober people from the internet into that group where we all disclose secrets of the universe. I think that's it. This was probably awful and I'm sorry about that. See you next week on Soberish. Soberish.